Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast. It's been a minute. I feel like I say this every time, and so I really want to say thank you to all of you for bearing with me. I also want to say that I'm far more active these days on Instagram, so if you want to get more engagement, please come over and join the community on Instagram at iconicwomanhood underscore coach. In fact, today, what I'd like to do is go deeper into a conversation that I started on Instagram that has gotten a ridiculous amount of engagement. Like people have been sharing it. People have been sending me messages. Right now there's over 380, 390 likes, and it's been shared 380 times. And it was so deeply resonant. And it's so interesting when it came to me to write this out, it really just was so clear that these are the things that hold us back. And I thought about it for a minute. I said, you know, if I put this out there, I'm not sure how people will feel, but it was definitely resonant for most people, right? Based on the numbers that you see, the level of engagement, and people have been just talking about it and and, and connecting to me about it. And it is so deep and so real. So I'd like to go a little deeper with it and kind of talk through some of these things that are holding us back. So the title of the post was called The Six Spirits That May Be Blocking Your Success. And what I'd like to do today is go through the six spirits and break it down so that it shall forever be broken down. (laughs) So the first spirit is the spirit of offense. You know, this is, I think, one of the biggest areas that holds people back. And it holds people back in so many ways. It's connected to ego. The more your ego is out of check, the more your ego is wounded, the more you are wounded, the more you will have this spirit of offense. I used to have a major spirit of offense. And the question I asked on the post was, are you allowing yourself to be easily offended? Are you cutting off people because they didn't attend your event, unsubscribe from your list? didn't like your social media post or what have you. And, you know, it sounds silly, but it's so true. You will not believe how many people become so offended by various things. So the examples I gave are very common around entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, I've heard entrepreneurs say, oh, you know, my people don't support me. They don't come to my things. They won't even like my posts. That's, and they get really offended by it. And, you know, to some degree, I get it because entrepreneurship can rub you raw. <laughs> you know, it's different from a job. You know, when you have a job, you do a good job, you get a salary, you might even get a commendation. But in entrepreneurship, you can work really hard. If you don't fully understand some of the levers, right, 
if you're not fully, something is not quite the way it needs to be, despite how hard you work, you can put in all the time and put in all the sweat, you might not get the results. And with entrepreneurship, you pay. The buck stops with you. So there's all that level, the weight of responsibility, which is why entrepreneurs experience depression at a much higher rate than the rest of the population. So I understand when entrepreneurs are a little touchy. However, it blocks you from your blessings. It does. Because you just really never know. For example, I had someone who was offended with me and I didn't actually know. I didn't realize. And that's another thing. People carry these spirits of offense. They don't have a conversation about it. You just carry it inside of you and you're kind of, you know, it's swirling around in you. That's not healthy for your body anyway. It's not healthy for your soul, not healthy for your mind, but it's definitely not going to be healthy for your business or your success. So this person was offended and, and I had no understanding. I didn't even know they were offended with me. And let me tell you why they were offended because they had invited me to join their Facebook group and I didn't join. I have a Facebook group and that is a a lot for me to manage anyway. Right. And I have many friends who do not join. They don't. Now I have people that I talk to daily and we laugh and we shoot the breeze, but they are not on my email list. They never hardly ever like any of my posts. They are not part of my community because we have a friendship. This particular individual isn't someone I knew very well personally. I actually knew her professionally. And she was offended because I didn't join her group. And she had joined my group. And later, as I began to unpack it, I realized, oh, she was really offended because she also pulled out of my group, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, you don't join mine. I'm not going to join yours. Now, here's the thing. I do join some groups. I I join very rarely, but her group was about um, something that wasn't necessarily relevant to me, which is fair, right? I loved it. In fact, here's the other thing that I thought, you know, the spirit of offense really does a number on us because you get so offended about that little thing. You forget some of the major things. For example, I have referred her personally, referred her, people who have come to me, asking, can I help them with certain things? And I say, I am not the best coach for this. I have someone I can refer you to. In the last five years, I have referred her at least four clients. I have amplified her message multiple times, but because I did not join her group, this spirit of offense caused her to be so short-sighted that she decided to disconnect from me. And I understand. And I wish her well. And I pray that she opens herself up. Now, if someone comes that needs something she'll offer, guess what? I'm going to refer them again to her (laughs) because I believe she's good at what she does despite this offense. But the truth of the matter is most people would also have their own spirit of offense and you end up breaking relationships. You end up breaking relationships. The spirit of offense will have you telling yourself stories. And sometimes what happens is you are triggered by something, you know, so perhaps what happened for her was I didn't join her group and it felt like rejection and she has old rejection wounds. 
You know, I that was me in the past, right? I had a lot of wounds around being rejected, feeling left out, right from when I was very young. And this is why it's so important to unpack your stuff. There's so many people that have great knowledge in certain areas, but they haven't done the inner work. I was uh, looking at the holistic psychologist's Instagram. If you don't know who she is, she has a great book um, out. I don't want to butcher her name because I, I think I've forgotten it right now, but her handle is the holistic psychologist. And what I love about her work, yeah, Dr. Nicole LaPera, that's her name, Dr. Nicole LaPera. She has a, a new book out. What I love about her work is how she breaks things down simply and how she honors that healing can come through many modalities. Even though she has a degree in psychology, she honors that healing can come from spirituality, that, you know, because we've had indigenous forms of healing long before a lot of these things, right? So she honors that. And one of the things she said on one of her threads, she was talking about people's really bad experiences with therapists. And honestly, as a coach, I can say people have talked to me about their bad experiences with coaches. One of the things she said that I felt was true across the board for any healer or teacher, she said, no matter how learned the person is, and I'm paraphrasing, if they have not done their own soul work, they can actually do harm versus good, despite their great intentions. And I really, really feel that and felt that in my soul. When I first started coaching, before I'd had my deep work, you know, I had, I started doing the work. I started getting some awareness. I'd started, you know, manifesting my gifts, you know, the gifts of the Lord are without repentance, but I wasn't fully the woman I needed to be yet. When I first started in 2011, I had those places in me that were egotistical. And I had those places in me that were wounded, that I had not addressed. I didn't have a process to process, right? I would just keep moving forward. This is why sometimes you see people who are brilliant and who are gifted and who are good, but sometimes the way they speak to others is condescending. Sometimes the way they handle other people can cause harm despite their good intentions. They're trying to get you to move forward to your place of success, but because there's a wounding that hasn't been addressed, because their ego is not checked, they can actually do harm. And the spirit of offense comes from this place. So if you are someone who's dealing with that or it's dealing with you, this is an opportunity to do a self-check. In fact, so many people now are so concerned. I had one person, a young lady who is kind of like a mentee to me, and we were talking and, um, and she pulled, so she shied away from something for, you know, she had said something to me and um, it wasn't rude. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, she just was expressing her opinion. Uh, and we had, she disagreed with me and I, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. And, um, and then she was kind of like, she pulled away for a little while. And I said, what's going on? And she said, oh my gosh, I thought you were offended. I said, why would I be offended? What happened? And she said, when, when I said this and I said, oh, no, not offended. You know, I don't think that, did you mean to cause offense? 
And she said, no, but she knows she's so used to people being offended. And I said, yeah, I get that, right? Because a lot of us are like that. We have been, we're, we're now tentative and overly cautious because we're so concerned about people because we've been around people who have the spirit of offense. And so then you don't say what needs to be said. You don't, you don't do what needs to be done because you're fearful. This is how the spirit of offense can block us. If you are operating in that spirit, everything can be an issue. Things that are not meant to be an issue can be an issue. It can happen in relationships. Someone who is loves you deeply, someone who supports you. You know, it happens a lot with husbands and wives. You're taking offense at something that had nothing, there was no offense intended. You know, I know that I, like I said, I've had these, I 100% have dealt with the spirit. But I remember as I started to evolve and grow and, and rise and heal, getting to that place where even when I know I should be offended, right? I see the offense, I'm choosing not to. I remember a particular day, and it, it's so interesting, this was actually with my Bible study group. I used to be with this Bible study group some years back. And one of the young ladies, you know, just spoke out a turn to all of us and um, bless her heart because sometimes leadership can be so stressful. You don't even know how to handle it. And not all of us are trained to lead. So she said something that was, she sent out a, you know, a group text that was quite offensive. And, um, and then, you know, of course, as things would be, there was some back chatter, right? So someone had called me and said, did you see the text? And I said, Oh, what text? I finally looked at it. I said, Oh, yeah, I can see how this would be very offensive. And she said, yeah, right? You know, and she said, aren't you upset? And I was like, you know, to be honest, I'm not. Uh, I think I understand where she's coming from. Um, I don't think that was the best way to handle it, but I, I'm choosing not to be offended. I'm going to choose not to be offended. And that was sort of an awakening for me. I remember that moment. And this, I actually remember where I was. I was sipping some tea. Might have been because I was sipping some cava cava tea. You know, kava kava is like nature's valium. So maybe I was too relaxed to be offended, but it was an awareness for me that I get to choose whether I want to be offended or not. And so I really just invite you to think about this. Think about the people who you have allowed to make you upset and take back your power. Because even when the person intends offense, you get to choose whether you're going to be offended. And I'll tell you this on a spiritual energetic level, that energy being in that place blocks you from activating. So practically when you have a spirit of offense, you end up destroying relationships, practically you end up destroying relationships, but energetically you actually block things from coming to you. You block things from coming to you. I want you to think about like, if you are, think about a baby, so just imagine a blessing like a beautiful, chubby, cherubic baby, you know, laughing. When a baby sees a frowning, angry person, do they go near them? Uh-uh, no. They're like, they, they, if you put them in that person's arms, they're going to start crying. I don't want anything to do with this person. This person does not feel like joy. This person does not feel like peace. I do not want to be around this. That's what that energy can do. It's like, it's repulsive to good things. 
it's, you know, and, and often by, if you allow yourself to steep in the spirit of offense, you become so closed off and you become offensive. So this is something that definitely needs to be worked on. A lot of us don't even realize that we are operating in that way because you spend so much time thinking about, oh, that person and they're like this and they're like that. And we live in this cancel culture. I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting them off. You know, we live in this space. And I'm not talking about boundaries, by the way, because you can have boundaries. I have people that I don't engage with. I wish them well. I don't engage with them, but I'm not, I'm not offended. I just choose this person, the way they operate, mm -mm. it won't work for me. As we say in Nigeria, Kole walk, Kole walk, will not work for me. And I have to guard my heart. So I'm going to disengage, but I'm not carrying them in anger in my spirit. Let's talk about the next spirit, the spirit of jealousy. The spirit of jealousy. Now, this one is a tough one. A lot of us won't admit to it, but this is real talk, especially now. When I see people saying that uh, they are looking online and they get kind of stressed and, and, and they have to unfollow people or they have to push away because, you know, it makes them feel sad or upset or, or whatever it is, right? You know, and the questions I asked with this are, are you bitter and upset when you see other people winning? Or do you downplay their achievements? That's another, that's jealousy right there. Jealousy and envy will try to downplay people's achievements. Very often. When I, when I find it coming up in me, because it can, it can come up. You can see, the thing is, all of these things can come up. You have to, it's whether you choose to engage with it or not, or you choose to arrest it and say, no, 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 I'm not, you don't have space here. You don't belong here. When you start questioning immediately, like someone someone is celebrating a seven-figure, their first million dollars, and you're like, yeah, right. Or did, like, you don't have any real knowledge, because you might be like, yeah, right, because you know it's a lie. But if you don't have any knowledge, and you just automatically discount it, or someone has lost all this weight, and you say, yeah, they probably had surgery. Or someone, like, you always have something negative to say. Have you seen people like that? Just something, ugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that she's saying that because da, 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 downplaying their achievements. That's the spirit of jealousy. There's some people that just cannot celebrate with others. Like you see someone doing well, you can't celebrate with them. That's why Instagram or any of these other social media feeds can be so stressful for some people because they are so, they're filled with jealousy. There are people that feel like you don't deserve what you have because they feel like it should be them. So when they see you happy, just even being happy, when they see you doing well, they're just filled with animosity, filled with animosity. And don't be fooled. People with a spirit of jealousy often will even, some of them will come close to you because that jealousy, what they want to, some of them are coming close to you because they want to demystify. They want to find the flaw so they can say to everybody, see, see, I told you. They want to try and break it down. Jealousy is in that, that thing right there. That's a dark spirit. If you let it run you, whoa, it'll change you, change your nature if you let it. And it starts with just a little twinge, little things, little things, little things. And so for me, I'm very clear on certain things. 
when I feel a little twinge come up, I arrest it immediately and say, this is not of God. And I'm going to sit down and say, ah, what is it I'm seeing? Let me celebrate this person, which is why I often celebrate people with from a genuine place. Because I sit down and I say, you know what? What she's doing is proof that I can do it. If I see it as a win, oh my gosh. It's because I have it inside of me. It takes one to know one. I will celebrate with a pure heart, open heart. I have trained, and I'm, and I'm transparent about this because sometimes people think, oh, this person is just so pure hearted and I'm black hearted. No, we are all black hearted, <laughs> so to speak. The heart of man is desperately wicked. It's just the grace of God and the willingness to be aligned with the grace of God. And that willingness comes from being able to honestly accept our shadow selves, that we have parts of us that are not so great. When you're busy trying to prove, oh, I'm so good, I'm so good, I never feel that, that's when those things can take a hold of you. Listen, just it is, you're human, you're human. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus knew it. He still chose him to build the rock, you know, chose him to be the rock that he built the church on. Paul was so imperfect. God knew it, still chose him to be the apostle Paul. David was so imperfect. God knew it, still said, this is a king after my own heart. No one is asking you to be perfect. Just be present, be truthful, be face yourself. That's the best way you can move forward. So if you have a little thing, a spirit showed up, deal with it. Like, okay, yeah, I was a little jealous, but I've worked through that now. And you know, the biggest thing around jealousy is that you, if you find yourself feeling jealous often, it means that you have, you're disconnected from what God is doing in your life. It's a call to go deeper with God, a call to spend more time, like visioning your own path. Because when I see people now, very the twinge doesn't come up much these days. In fact, I can't remember the last time I felt that way. I used to have those twinges of envy back in the day, right? In the beginning, even when I was a coach, at the beginning of my journey. But as I have become more and more divinely aligned, more and more aware of my path, more and more at peace. I don't have that. And it's not because I'm a better, like my heart, I'm so good. No, it's because I'm so rooted. And I know that all things come in their season. And I have my own path. And I'm so enamored of what God is doing in my own life that I don't have any time to start wishing I had something else in someone else's life. And that's what I desire for you. So allow yourself to celebrate with people. Allow yourself to be inspired by people. And in fact, some people, jealousy won't let them learn from the person they're meant to learn from. This thing right here, mm -mm. allow yourself to learn from people. I like the way she's doing that. I like the way he's doing that. Oh, that, that guy right there, oh, he's got that together. I like it. I'm going to learn that one day. I'm going to learn that. Good job. 
Let's talk about the spirit of pride. The spirit of pride. <laughs> oh my word. This thing right here, this is this was me. This is my kryptonite. I think I've said I had all the spirits <laughs> so far. <laughs> That's real talk though. But pride was my kryptonite. Pride is something I still, every day, I'm very aware that I have had to wrestle with pride. I still do, every day in various forms. Again, it's ego. This is one of the reasons why ego is such a pillar of my work, is because all of these things, ego is at the root. When you start to unpack and you start to rise, you have to start to awaken spiritually your ego will be where it's meant to be. It won't run the show. But when it's out of order, you know, Deepak Chopra said, ego is edging God out. The scripture says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And actually, not actually, I also think the proud resist God. Pride can manifest in a number of different ways. Pride can manifest in not being willing to ask for help, a refusal to be vulnerable. So you're not going to ask for help. You struggle through it. You go around the mountain the hardest way because you won't take the time to ask. You don't want someone to ask. Know that you don't know. Have you ever worked with somebody who's very proud? Every time you're trying to teach them something, you're like, yeah, huh? I know, I know. I already thought, thought about that. I know, I already thought about that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You can't teach them anything, uncoachable, unteachable. They're constantly in that place of, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes even for me, I find myself like, even because I may know, right? But now the times I find myself doing that, I'm like, wait a minute, just listen. Because maybe you know 99% of everything's being said. There might be that 1% that is sort of fresh information or it's old information that you're going to hear with fresh from a fresh perspective. Be patient. Open up. You don't have anything to prove. Being able to learn does not mean that you don't know anything. I said this in uh, growing up in Nigeria, one of the things that we have done, and this is there's a spirit of pride. I think a lot of people have a spirit of pride. You'll hear people say, are you a learner? It's an insult. So when they say to someone, why did you make that mistake? Or what's wrong with you? Ah, are you a learner? Are you a learner? So they ask it, are you learning? Are you a learner? Like it's an insult to be someone who's learning versus the learned, right? Are you a learner? Ah, oh, are you a learner? How could you do that? Are you a learner? So we've turned learning, which is an necessary, incredible thing that we should always be doing into a weakness, into a flaw. So as a result, you have a lot of people who are hesitant to let other people know they're learning. You have a lot of people who are hesitant to, to get help. You have people who are ashamed of needing help. Why are you ashamed of needing help? There is a process in my business. So I am great. I'm a great coach. I can tell you that categorically, not just that my results speak for it. What I do not do very well, I'm just going to be honest. At the moment, I'm working on it. I've been working on it. I've been getting better, but I'm not yet there, not yet where I want to be, is marketing. I'm not a great marketer. 
right? Not yet. I'm learning. I had to say I'm going to learn. In fact, let me tell you how my marketing could needs to be improved. Last year, we had um, a virtual retreat because we couldn't do our live retreat, which by the way, if you have not bought your ticket, huh, what are you waiting for? Listen, I understand all the things going on in the world today. I'm not ignorant of it and I'm not um, tone deaf to it. I get it, which is why we have really been intentional about how we've designed this program. So we're going to be here in Atlanta. It's the iconic woman weekend and we're going to be at the Four Seasons. And you know, the Four Seasons, I was just there the other day for a site visit. They are so particular about making sure that the spaces that they're in are safe and and as safe as can be, right? And the places, the spaces I've chosen for us to do the weekend activities are we're going to be outside. One day we're going to be outside all day, pretty much. And yes, I know it's November, but it's Georgia and there are heat lamps. You're going to be very comfortable, so don't worry. But there will be lots of ventilation, right? We've chosen specific parts of the hotel beautiful, elegant, fabulous. It's still the Four Seasons, still a five-star hotel, but we've chosen specific areas to make sure that we are as safe as possible. And not just that, this these weekends are an opportunity, and I know I'm digressing, but just bear with me a second. These weekends are an opportunity for you to step away from your day-to-day world, because let me tell you what your day-to-day world is doing. It's programming you every day to be in a place of less than, to be in a place of I'm not good enough. Like I just said, growing up in Nigeria, you keep hearing, are you a learner? Are you a learner? So all of that is programming. You keep getting the messaging that's saying there's something wrong with learning. So you will naturally, you know, when you take a plant, you take a plant and you take it, if you transplant it, take it from one soil to the other soil and you leave it there for a while, eventually when you get the fruit of that plant, it will carry the properties of the soil. And so you are in certain soil every day in your life, day to day, day to day, day to day. And what happens is there are these patterns. They're patterns that you're playing out every day. And these patterns keep you in a less than place. What I want you to do is come to this weekend and we will interrupt those patterns. We will awaken you. All of those things that you've been dealing with in your life that basically want you to be less, want you not to achieve purpose, want you to settle. You're going to come to a luxurious space, an expansive space, an abundant place. And I have been doing transformative experiences for years. I've done over 70. This is our seventh weekend, our seventh our sixth in person, but our seventh actual weekend, but I've done over 70 experiences. I've been hired by companies to do it. So you're going to come with someone who does this for, this is part of my magic, right? And I'll be your guide for the weekend, your guide to discover and remember who you really are your guide to discover and and awaken those dormant parts of possibility in you, those great pieces in you, the iconic woman in you that has been there dormant all this time. We're going to bring her forth. So all you need to do is go to iconicwomanweekend.com. This is a must attend, honestly. 
If I were you, I would mark the date right now. It's a must attend. Must attend. Gotta be there. Because what's going to happen? OMG. Transformation. I promise you. Transformation. (laughs) Anyway, back to what I was saying. We had a virtual retreat and I had a Q&A session. And one of the ladies in the Q&A session said to me, she said, I, I don't have a question, but I have a comment. I actually have a bone to pick with you. And this was said publicly. There were, I don't know, we had probably about a hundred people on the call. I said, oh, <laughs> here we go. Let's do it. Tell me, right? And this is how, again, if you're going to be doing this work, some of you haven't risen to where you need to rise to yet right? Because God is protecting you because your ego isn't where it needs to be. Because when you get out here, ooh, ooh, (laughs) you have to have a thick skin. So I was bracing myself. I said, okay, go ahead, tell me. And of course, this is a public forum. And she said, I signed up for your Iconic Womanhood course. I said, okay. And at the time, this course, I used to call it the Feminine Foundations. And people told me, listen, stop calling it that because this is more than foundations. Then I started calling it the Complete Womanhood Course. Overthinking, overthinking, too much overthinking. And now that we've moved to a brand new platform and we have uh, put in a brand new uh, way of organizing it, and I'm just so happy with it right now, we are rebranding finally. calling it the Iconic Womanhood course, because really that's what it is, right? You go through this course, if you don't want to be basic, you want to be an iconic woman, you go through this course to live your iconic life. And then when you come through that course and you're ready to now lead at the next level, then you go to the Iconic Woman Mastermind. That's where you increase your impact, influence, and income as well. So you start out with the Womanhood course you know, or some people do the mastermind work first. And then later they're like, yeah, now I want to kind of work on my womanhood. It's all good. Right. So anyway, she said, I took this course. I'm like, okay, you you know, so what's the problem? She said, it was phenomenal. And I'm like, cause I wasn't expecting that. Cause she said I had beef. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, I have a bone to pick with you. I was like, okay. She said, no, the course was phenomenal but I really want to tell you, I think you've done a terrible job of marketing it. (laughs) I've told this story more than once because it was shocking to me, but it was so true. She said, to be honest, I just signed up for the course because I trusted you, but I was not, I, I didn't know what the course was about. I feel like you could do a much better job. And she is 100% right. And there was a time when I wasn't able to just get help. So recently I've been trying to, you know, you, you know, a lot, like I've learned a lot in the last 10 years. I know a lot about entrepreneurship. I know a lot about online business. I have, I've taken a lot, I've gotten a lot of information. I've actually boots on the ground. So that's one of the things that I bring to the table when in the mastermind, when I work with people, when I do strategy sessions with them, true, authentic knowledge, my business is highly profitable I don't talk about money a lot. I don't shout, you know, I have this, I have that, because I actually want you to, you know, look at my results versus this is how much money I have or not have. And that's just not my orientation. Look at the results. Look at what people are saying. But I will tell you, I am seasoned, right? So I have a lot of knowledge about these things. I've seen 
things, trends come and go. I, I, I like right now we're in the high ticket trend and high ticket. There's people who have been doing high ticket forever before it became a trend. But I'll tell you, not everything high ticket is high value. So you need to be looking at for high value. Often high value will be high ticket. Sometimes it's not, but not everything high ticket is high value. So you have to be more discerning. I've learned how to, you know, weed out like, okay, I see that. I see that is highly unlikely that it's going to give the value. That right there, even though it's not high ticket, that's probably going to be highly valuable. I know how to kind of see those things. I can tell. I can lead, I lead my clients through this all the time of how to reposition themselves, how to repackage their content. So this is something that I've done for years because I understand it. I don't position myself as a business coach, but it is one of the additional benefits you get when you work with me. Now, because I have a lot of knowledge, pride would say, you can figure it out. Yeah, maybe I could, maybe I couldn't. But one of the things I did was hire people. I hired someone to help me with copy. I'm a writer. People have paid me to write copy for them, but I just could not write copy for myself. People have paid me, they've asked to pay me to write more copy. I did I did copywriting once for someone. We did um, a whole thing for her site. Did a whole, I said, never again will I do it. That's not my zone of genius. I can do it well. It's in my zone of excellence, but I did not love it, right? And so perhaps that's why for me, I'm just not, oh, you know, I've written my own copy, but yeah, no. <laughs> right. Pride would say you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And it'll keep you stuck, keep you small. Instead, I hired someone who is not even as, you know, like they're not, well, no, they're not, you know, but I've checked, I vetted their work. I'm like, okay, come on in. I need a marketing strategy. I need someone to help me with all of this. And also there's another way pride can manifest. Pride can manifest in, instead of looking for the best person for the job, the best person to help you get what you want, the person who has the results that you're really looking for, you start looking for the most celebrated person. The most celebrated person is not always the best person for you. You want to be able to say, oh, that's my coach. Some people like to say, oh, she's my coach. Not because they actually want to learn from you, but because they want to be associated. That's a, a mistake. If you're doing that, you're, you're blocking your own blessings. You have limited resources. Use it wisely. Time is very limited. Money is limited as well, but money is definitely cheaper than time. Don't waste your time just trying to be among certain people. There are people that five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, I used to be like, oh, I really admire this person. Those people now consider me a peer. Some of those people come back to me now and say, I admire you. And it's not because I tried to social climb or be in their presence. And, and it's not because I tried to like be their friends and, and so I could name drop. No, it's because I focused on my work and I focused on my gifts and your gifts will make room for you and, and bring you before great men. So focus on that. Ask for the help you need. There are people that you may need to learn from that are not even on your quote unquote level for people who think on levels. I remember having my last event in Lagos. And if you're listening to this, guess what? I'm coming back to Lagos. <laughs> I'm coming back to Lagos in September. I'm so excited. Yes. It's so interesting. I've lived in the U.S. for three times as long, right, as I lived in Nigeria. Because I was born here in the U.S., went back to Nigeria when I was about six or seven. Uh, left after high school, 
came back for college and have lived here ever since. I now have a child that I've mothered who has graduated college. That just tells you, okay? But still, Nigeria is home. You know what I'm saying? Nigeria. You're Nigeria for life, baby, right? <laughs> and so I'm going to Nigeria. I'm coming to Nigeria. I'm coming to Lagos and I'm hosting an event on September 25th. As of the time that I'm recording this, I don't have the site up yet. We haven't finalized some logistics. We only have the date, the location. So it's going to be in Ikoyi in Lagos, September 25th from three to seven. So we have that part, but, uh, and we have limited space guys. So I want you, if you're not following me or if you're not on my mailing list, huh, you are risking a lot. You are risking a lot. It's very risky, really quite risky. All right, because that's where I'm going to announce. And once we have our spaces full, it's full because we also want to be, again, mindful of the times that we're in. And I want to make sure that we are as safe as we can be. So it's going to be a glorious, glorious afternoon, though, evening. You're going to have a great time. But yes, I'm coming to Lagos. The last time I was in Lagos, I had an incredible event called Iconic Womanhood Live. And it was just phenomenal. Till today, I have people who uh, write me about it, who have, um, remember, I met you there, I met you there. And I'm like, oh, really? Because we had we had like a hundred and something people in the room. I remember, and I will never forget this conversation, a young woman, and she was telling me that she and her friends had talked about it. I think she had she herself might have considered coming, but her friends pretty much you know, we're like, oh no, kind of put their noses in the air and said, we don't want to just rub shoulders with anybody or something along those lines. A very snobbish, elitist mindset, which is not uncommon in Lagos. I went to uh, a school that was known that people used to assume that we were all very elitist. We're not, but I've been around that kind of behavior my whole life. Lagos is a very elitist, uh, very class, you know, focused society. So that's not uncommon. It was a mistake though, because it's so interesting. The women who were saying that, you know, they weren't even half as accomplished as many of the women that were in the room that day, they could have benefited from being there and actually making new connections. But unfortunately they were stuck in their own heads and stuck dealing with a spirit of pride. So they wanted to rub shoulders with the high and mighty without realizing that we're all high and mighty. First of all, let me say this, the spirit of pride, this elitism really connects with the spirit of pride and it's such a mistake. Can I just say something here? Can I, can I preach for a minute here? Can I preach for a minute here? If you had met Jesus and you go dealing with this spirit of pride, the spirit of elitism, thinking that you're, you know, I'm better than everybody else. You would have missed the plot. You would have missed the blessing. You'd have missed the blessing because he didn't appear to be, and especially if you met him before his season had come, before crowds were following him. If you were just looking at certain things, I mean, just think about, remember the time, the people of Nazareth, when Jesus went back to his hometown. And even though he was preaching and, and dropping wisdom, they were like, they mar even though they marveled at it, they were offended by it. They were like, ah, who is he? Isn't this the carpenter's son? What is this? 
And then remember the people of Nazareth probably all had a, a serious low self-esteem, collective low self-esteem, because they used to say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So they were looking at him based on his physical pedigree without recognizing his divine pedigree. And as a result, he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief, their lack of faith. There are people that come into your life that God has brought them. And if you only you can discern that they are amazing, that, that they're there to bless you. The Shunammite woman was discerning. She saw the prophet walking. Now the prophet would have looked wretched because often they did in those days. Think about how John the Baptist was de described. The prophets in those days, they're not like prosperity preachers of today. They didn't come in nice tailored suits and, and private jets. No, they were often dusty because they'd been walking for a long time, didn't have anywhere to lay down their head. And she saw him as he looked that way and said to him, said, I perceive, not I see, I perceive. Oh, God bless us with the ability to perceive. You cannot perceive from a place of ego. You can only perceive from a place of the divine. You can only perceive from your innermost man. You cannot perceive otherwise. She said, I perceive this is a man of God because she was able to perceive, because she was able to see past what she thought. Oh, in the physical, she, she saw him. There's so many people, God brings people to you to bless you, but because they look a certain way, they're not wearing this, they're not part of this, da, 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 the spirit of pride, who, ah, no, a whole me, a whole me, a whole me, a whole you what? A whole you what? And you block your blessings. A whole you what? You're so full of yourself and you miss it. If she had been, and she was a rich woman, she was a comfortable woman. If she had said, oh, a whole me, ha, 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 ha. She would have missed that opportunity to have the son because that's what happened after everything. The prophet asked her, what can I do for you? And it was revealed that she was old and she had no son and he prayed for her and she gave birth to a son, a woman that had probably been called barren. But some of you, there's a barrenness in your business. There's a barrenness in your career. There's a barrenness in your relationships. And it's not because you are barren. It's because your pride is blocking the opportunity to connect with the people who will help you get into your flow. Oh, let me get back to the spirits. Let me get back to the spirits. Help me, Lord. <laughs> ah. Ooh, it's time that we shift out of this. All of us need to humble ourselves. If you want to be blessed, you need to get into a place of humility. If you are fortunate, God will allow you to have more opportunities to be humbled because pride blocks the flow of God. It blocks grace. Pride is destructive. I've seen prideful men destroy their families. I've seen prideful women destroy their families. I've seen prideful men and women destroy their businesses, destroy careers because of pride. The spirit of pride is terrible. I would rather, and I'm telling you this as someone who has wrestled with it and finally said to myself, nope, I'm done. I would rather be discounted and overlooked than for me to be held hostage to this spirit of pride and narcissistic behavior. Nope not going to be me. And I have been overlooked by some. I've had people tell me point blank, D -d -d -d, you know, I'm not even going to repeat what they say, but just kind of stuff. And I'm looking at them like, eh? <laughs> the 
that's in Niger. It, there's no, there, I don't even know, there's no word to fully describe it, but those, when you know, you know. Eh? Eh? Okay, okay, right? Let's talk about the next couple of spirits. The spirit of comparison. The spirit of comparison or competition. I'm going to put them together. They're separate, but I'm going to put them together for the purposes of time. There are some people who are constantly comparing themselves to other people. They're constantly looking to see what that person is doing. Some of them, they compete. Okay, they're doing A. I'm going to do A and B. <laughs> Even if it doesn't make sense for you to do A and B, you're like, no, 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 no. I can't. Ah, ah, hey, 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 hey. Right? Comparing, competing. You know, once that person is doing something, then they change. They're going to do that too. Once that person is doing something, they're going to do that too. Ah, ah. Constantly comparing. Two things about this. One, you are never at peace. Because you're looking at yourself through a lens of other people. You can't be happy. God has blessed you, but you can't be happy. Because you're looking at this other person. Let me explain something. Let me give you a, a way to look at it. This is an example of how the spirit of comparison blocks our blessings. Imagine if you, you started out with a dollar and by the end of the year, you have a thousand dollars, right? And you, you didn't know how you're going to get it, but you got a thousand dollars. But then the person next to you, you have your thousand dollars in your bag and you're feeling, maybe you're feeling pretty good about it. And then you see the person next to you saying, oh, I have a hundred thousand. Wow. Look at me. And they're, they're thanking God for their hundred thousand. And you're sitting there saying, ah. the spirit of comparison will have you instead of you thank, being thankful for your thousand, you stop being thankful for your thousand. And you stop being resentful. Like, why is my own case different? Why do I have a thousand and they have a hundred thousand? Why am I not blessed? God, why do you hate me? I've had people say, I'm angry with God. I'm like, what are you angry with God about? Tell me. Well, and, and it's the spirit of comparison. You don't know the person's story. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what they're going through. You don't, you don't know anything. But you're comparing the result, and you don't even know the result in context. Let me give you some context. So maybe that person started out with $50,000 at the beginning of the year. And now at the end of the year, they have $100,000. You started out with $1. And now at the end of the year, you have $1,000. What you need to be, if you could see behind the veil, and a lot of people don't share behind the veil, you would understand that you need to be deeply grateful and you need to have an understanding, a deep understanding about traje trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. Trajectory. Trajectory. <laughs> Say that five times. See, you went from one to 1,000. So you had a thousand percent growth. They went from 50,000 to 100,000, right? So what is that? They, they, you had a, a thousand times. They had two times. They doubled what they had. You went a thousand times one you're on a certain trajectory. 
if you stay in a place of gratitude and you continue on your trajectory, I want you to think about it like this. You're all the way up, right? You're on your trajectory. In gratitude, when you stop being grateful, start comparing, start looking left and right. You're not focused on your own direction, not focused on your own lane, not focused on your own race. You start getting upset, resenting that energy is heavy. Boom, you start dropping from your trajectory. But assuming you stay on your trajectory and they stay on theirs, all right, theirs is two times and yours is a thousand times. Then the end of this year, you ended with 1,000. The end of this year, they ended with 100,000. If they continue on their trajectory, the end of next year, they will end two times 100,000 is 200,000. If you continue on your trajectory, and mind you, this is just a kind of giving you a visual, right? This is not an exact science. I'm just a visual. Just for you know, <laughs> to fulfill all righteousness. Let me say that. But if you continue on your trajectory, you will a thousand times that a thousand. What is that? A million. And so you're getting upset in year one and you stop, you, you stop doing what you're supposed to do. You stop, you give up, you're angry, you're comparing and you, you slow down. You're resentful. You're mad at God. You won't pray. You're, you, you you don't have gratitude and you drop your trajectory. And if you had just continued, if you had stopped comparing yourself the next year in year two, you would have been the one that she would have been looking to, or he would have been looking to saying, wow, look at, look at what God has done. Do you see comparison? You don't know the story. You don't know where they're going. You don't know what they're doing. I always say a cupcake is not a souffle and a turkey is not a chicken. You want to roast some chicken? It's going to take maybe an hour. Want to roast a turkey? I take four to five hours, six hours, depending on the size of the turkey. They're both birds or poultry, but they're different. So you have to have that understanding that you're different. Everybody has a different way to live, a different path. If you can just trust God that your path has value, if you can just trust yourself, Trust what you have to offer the world. Trust it. Stop looking left and right. What are, they what are they doing? What this person is doing? What that person is doing? And you give up on your gifts. You give up on what you have. You start chasing this. You start chasing that. You can't do everything. I don't, I'm not interested in being everybody's coach. I can't. I'm only one person. I don't need to be everyone's coach. I'm not the best fit for every, every person. That's the truth but I'm a great fit for those people who are called to me. And I focus on that. I'm not trying to do everything. I'm not a generalist. I'm a specialist. That's the truth. I focus on my zone of genius. It is the pathway that will give you the most success in the most effortless way. There are people that just get into these grinds and they're grinding. And some people know how to grind and they look beautiful while grinding. And some people know how to grind. And you see some men grinding and they look sharp, but they're grinding inside. They're getting ground. And that's when you're trying to like hustle your way through to success. It's a rough way to go. It's like you're trying to climb a mountain without any harnesses. You're trying to climb from the outside hustling your way to the top. But maybe if you were able to be guided, come on now, guided, 
by that internal alignment, that divine alignment, guided, God sends a guide to you, guided, then you go up in a more effortless way. Someone says, watch out for this. Over here, you need to rest. And, you know, you go up in a more effortless way. Let's talk about the spirit of brokenness. A lot of people have this. You have so much pain from your back, your background, your backstory. Different things happen to you, whether things that caused you pain or caused you shame, things that made you feel less than, you know, and you're carrying it around into your future. It's deep down inside, it makes you feel unworthy. Maybe you made some decisions. I had a woman write me once about how she had been dating a married man. And she was so distraught because she had been dating him now for 10 years. By the time she wrote to me, it had been 10 years. She met him in her early 20s. And of course, he romanced her, told her he would give her the world. And in fact, seduced her into quitting her job. Right? She was starting out right out, out of university, doing well, you know, on a good trajectory. But here he comes. He's attractive, he's debonair, all of that, tells her how he doesn't love his wife, yada, yada, yada. They always say that. And um, and it's true, actually. They don't love their wives. They don't love anyone but themselves. Any man who's doing that doesn't love anyone but himself. Be mindful, be guided. But, you know, she got into a relationship with him, left her job because he's like, I'll take care of you. And he did, set her up in an apartment, bought her a nice fancy car, would give her an allowance, money. He was a rich man. But what the other side of that looked like, right, two things. One, there was a cost because she came from the kind of family that did not agree with that. She went against her family values to be in a relationship with her. So it caused a major strain on the family. They were they didn't want her. Like, why are you dating a married man? It also caused a strain on her friendships because they also, same idea, like, why are you doing this? And so she ended up being somewhat isolated. Now, the more isolated she became, the more his true colors started to show. So year one, fantastic. Year two, year three, year four. You know, she's also getting older. He's not intending to leave his wife, never intended to. His wife has had more than one child through that 10-year time they were together. I think she said they had about three kids. She has had multiple abortions for him by this time because he doesn't want children with her. She was literally there to be his anytime he wanted her delight. And as she started to get older, went from 25 to 35, he started to bring young girls to the apartment that he paid for and told her if she didn't like it, she could just get out. So she was now in a place where she had nothing, no one. All her friends that started out in the same place that she was had moved on into management positions and she had left the workforce. What was she to do? And when she came to me, she felt so broken, like she had destroyed her life. And I was, I was like, listen, you're only 35. You haven't destroyed your life. You've made some choices that are going to create, that are going to have hard consequences. But if you can man, like woman up, right? I was going to say man up. If you can woman up and face them, you can transform your life. And you are worthy of a good life. You made some decisions that weren't great, not great choices. Who hasn't made bad choices? Forgive yourself. Get Allow yourself to be redeemed because that's what Christ came to do and move on into a better place, a better way of living. And what she had to do and what she decided to do after we talked is she had to you know, know that she was still valuable, know that she was still worthy. 
She left. She moved into a boys' quarter somewhere. Started from ground zero. But a year later, she wrote me and she told me how well she was doing. No matter what you did in your past, no matter what was done to you, you don't have to stay in a place of brokenness. I've talked often about the Japanese art form of kintsurukoi, or they call it kintsugi. Go look it up. It's the art of taking broken china and lining it, gluing it together with glue that has gold in it. So we're not trying to hide the brokenness. We know the brokenness makes us more beautiful. Finally, let's talk about the spirit of criticism. The spirit of criticism is a person, someone who has that is a person who has a very critical way of looking at things. And the person that they criticize the most is themselves. Your inner critic often will project out as the external critic. So I don't know if you've ever been around people who, you know, it's very close to perfectionism, right? They will criticize everything. They are critical. They will look for the flaw. Sometimes they can't even help it. Like, oh, this isn't good. That little thing is off. That little thing is off there. They will always have something negative to say. Always. You know, in fact, you're like, oh, here we go. You work really hard. You you did this. You put this together. And they're going to come and say, well, you know, that's not good or that's not good. Right? Some people have that spirit of criticism. When you have a spirit of criticism and you're, and this is different from quality control. It's different from quality control, right? Because you you can have that same ability to be detail oriented, but when you're healed, then it can be used in a way to help, you know, make sure things are excellent. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having an excellent mindset, but when you are unhealed, when there's something off, you know, is you're not, you're unhealed, you haven't done your inner work, then it will manifest as this criticism, always criticizing. You cannot see anything good, always knocking things down. Ah, look at how that one was. Well, it was okay, but, but, and you're doing the same thing to yourself. You find that people who are experts at criticizing never, often, never really create things for themselves. Never. And if they do, they typically often, they don't go as far as they could go. No matter what it looks like to you, they are not operating at high capacity because they don't take risks because they are perfectionists, because they know how badly they criticize others. They don't take the risk of being criticized themselves. And when you're not taking the risk, it means you're not pushing up, you're not innovating, you're not trying anything new. You will only offer the tried and true. But most people don't even get that far. They just don't actually put anything in the ground. They don't put any seed in the ground. They constantly sit on the sidelines, criticizing, constantly sit in the sidelines. You know, they always have something to say. They always think that it could be better. Well, I, I would have done it, but it's just not as good as I think it could be. Uh, I, I, see, I don't see this. It's not quite the way. I actually think it should be better. I think it should be this way. They've never done it before. They've never constructed anything, but they're quick to tell you how it should be. They're not willing to take a chance. Because it's, it feels, you know, when you're criticizing, that energy feels as if you're doing something. It makes you feel superior to those who have actually done something because they put it together, but you are, you can tear it down. So you feel like you're doing something. You're not doing anything. At the end of the day, nobody ever was highlighted for being 
just a critic. Yes, we used to have critics in those in you know in those days. We still do in some ways, but really, no one is asking you to criticize. It's really more about finding the excellence and celebrating the excellence. Like this, that's what a true critic, right? The kinds of critics that we we want to honor are those that say this is excellent and here's why. But a lot of people just specialize in being critics. You're that person who is the grammar police, and you're not being paid for it. But you want to, you know, come and, and say, oh, this is the way it should be. Okay, they made an error, or maybe it's not even an error, whatever, you know. It's not, but do you get the gist of what they're saying? Okay, then move on. But no, you want to be in the comments trying to prove that they're wrong. Sometimes if you want to add value, of course, add value. But if you're constantly out there going around looking for how to shut something down or how to say something is wrong, you may be dealing with a spirit of criticism, especially if you yourself are not putting anything out there and risking criticism yourself. I really want to challenge you. If you are criticizing others, you're probably criticizing yourself. What if you stopped? What if you started celebrating yourself? What if you started showing yourself compassion? And what if you started being deliberate about showing others compassion? What if you started being deliberate about showing other people grace? It's difficult to access grace if you don't give other people grace. What if you started being intentional about that? I'm gonna give them grace. I'm gonna give myself grace. And then you'll be able to access the grace that is available for you. So I wanted to go over all of these spirits and kind of do a little deep dive into it. I hope that this has given you some food for thought. <laughs> and I hope it's been instructive and not felt like a chastising of any sort, because nothing I do ever, I always say that I never teach with a rod, never with a stick or a cane, but a staff. So a rod is to hit you and make you feel bad and no, but a staff is for you to lean on and rise. So this is a staff, this is a staff. I've shared openly how I used to have a lot of these different things. And you know, many of us, we pray about it, but prayer alone is not going to do it. This is the inner work. This is you doing your work. This is one of the reasons why I created the womanhood course. And when I tell you, I have to do a better job at marketing it because so many women write me about how, when they started to do the work, wow. Same thing with the mastermind. One of my clients sends me messages often, and each time she says the same thing, oh my gosh, I can I thank you so much for the work I did in the mastermind. It has helped me be a better leader. It has helped me release my ego. I will never forget it. Thank you. I really want you to win. And not just win. Winning for me is not about money alone or how you look, or any of those things. Winning is about the quality and the state of your heart and the state of your, your life. Are you at peace? Are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you a blessing to others? When people come into your space, are they better off? Do they feel loved? You know, the Bible says, all without love, everything is like the clashing of symbols. There's so much noise in our world now. But do you have love? Do you have love for yourself? Do you know how much God loves you? Are you a vehicle for love for others? That being said, I want to invite you. 
we are, if you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this right around the time that it's going to come out in August, we still have some openings for the mastermind. And that's starting in September. I want to encourage you. This will be the last mastermind this particular way that I'm going to take and work so closely myself at this price level. So this is the one to jump on. And this is the one to take a leap of faith. If you know that God is calling you to something greater, he's calling you to do something greater, calling you to rise from success to significance, I want you to take a leap of faith. I want you to take a leap of faith and bet on yourself and work with someone who is going to help you work from the inside out, inner work, outer results. And we've had amazing results. We've had a results like, you know, we have a Ted Fellow in our alumni. We have people who are earning $30,000, $40,000 a month. We have people who have moved their businesses to seven multi-seven figure businesses. We have people who have found the loves of their lives. Even after age 50, we have all of those results. We have one person in not this last cohort, but the cohort before this, in the first month of joining the cohort, she made back her investment. She paid for the mastermind. She's like, whoa, I'm not this, you know, this is not a number I've ever paid before. I feel a little concerned. I said, well, tell me, this was in our opening call. And I said, okay, let's map it out. What is it that you can offer outside of your job? She had a job. So this wasn't like she made it through a job. She made an offer casually and made back her investment in the first month. We have all of these results and more. So if you want to be part of the mastermind, if you know you're called to lead, if you know you are leading, you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're a business owner, you are a corporate executive, you want to rise to the executive ranks, you are a minister, you are a doctor, you are Whatever it is, you know that you're called to rise and we are all called to rise, but it depends on what season of life you're in. If you know this is a season that God is saying it's time to go to your next level, then I don't want you to procrastinate anymore. I don't want you to be stuck trying to figure it out yourself. I don't want you to waste any more time. I don't want you to operate in a spirit of fear, which is one spirit we didn't talk about, but that spirit of fear, don't let money hold you hostage. Money is just a resource. And when you start to operate in abundance, it will flow. It will flow. You take a step of faith. You put, cast down that net. It will flow. So I don't want you to operate in that spirit of fear. Go to iconicwomenmastermind.com right now and apply. I'm having an info session, but it's not quite an info session. It's an info session. I'm going to tell you all about the program, but I'm also, because you know, I just love to give value. I'm also going to give the people who come some understanding about how to map out their own success. Yes, it's going to be amazing. But you have to apply first to be invited to come. You apply and based on your application, because we only have a few amount of spots, based on your application, then we're going to send you an invitation if you're a good fit to attend. So I want to invite you to come, invite you to apply to the mastermind. And maybe you know that the mastermind isn't where you are right now. You're not ready to lead. You're not in that mindset. You just need to do your own heart work, your own soul work. You know that you have stuff you need to do in, in your heart. You know that you just want to reclaim your womanhood. You just come out of a rough relationship. You just come out of working for a toxic organization. You feel overwhelmed. You, you, you feel as if you lost your mojo. You want to get it all back. Then the womanhood course is for you. 
And we have some wonderful things happening in September around co creating community for the woman taking the course. So I invite you to go to iconicwomanhood.com slash new so that you can sign up for this course today. Don't talk yourself out of it. Do this for yourself today because you deserve to live an abundant life. You deserve to live a life of love, of wealth, of joy, of peace, of harmony, of harmony. Thank you for listening. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you're listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.